and we're live so welcome everybody to yet another live interview show with become a fearless father and today i have the pleasure to be accompanied by aaron ross wait till i tell you or wait till he tells you how many kids this guy. <laughs> you will flip and we'll listen for the rest of the interview with all your ears open and don't forget have a pen and paper take notes not kidding and um, there's always huge golden nuggets been dropped during these live interviews and this one is going to be no different sorry for the voice people i had no voice this weekend i'm glad i have one so we could actually do this so let's get into it right now aaron i read you you were so kind enough to answer some questions for me before we started and <laughs> i was like what so you said let's talk about building a five million dollar business yep and at the same time parenting I'm not going to say the number. You can say that a huge amount of kids, right? Well, honestly, to some people, nine kids isn't that many because there's families with like 15 or 20. So we have nine kids and we've been working on a 10th, but yeah. Oh, just, <laughs> I guess yes, it's I mean, not as common today to have nine kids. No, absolutely not. We got two. I want three, but my <laughs> wife's like, nah, two is enough. And then most people are with one. are like, yo, we done. I, know, now, yeah. I have a really good friend, a client of mine. He has nine kids. Um that's crazy. He's making it work. They're all his, right? So I'm looking at his wife. I'm like, wow, yeah. respect. That's, yes. that's crazy. Oh, that is right? yeah, we have a little bit of everything. So mm. two kids from were from my wife's first marriage. Okay. And we've had three biological kids together. Mm. And we've adopted four. Wow. Uh and again, we've kind of been working on adopting a there's a tent that we keep talking about we've tried hasn't worked out yet in terms of a baby boy but mm. i will say that when people go oh my god nine kids that's so many but when i do hear about families where they're all biological i mean because that first year and or two of that baby stage is just rough yeah <laughs> it's just rough like physically rough like mm. there's every phase of parenting has its own you know fun parts and challenging parts yeah but yeah baby after baby so my my wife she's had five of the nine herself and four adopted wow. so far yeah wow, that's, that's, impre that's impressive so share with us what have you learned that made it possible for you to build a five million dollar business wow because i saw the pictures i'm like man this dude is engaged as a dad yeah so yeah no how do you do that yeah and no i and so just to be clear, about 10 years ago when I met my now wife, mm. so in 2009, coming on 10 years, um, so I didn't have any kids, and I was making about 70-ish thousand dollars a year, and mm. not because I, I, I probably could have made more, I just, I was more just experimenting and kind of making up to get by, mm -hmm. and in getting married, so the thing is, when we got married and so we had she had two kids already so we had two kids and i never actually i never used the term stepchild. it's always like my son or my daughter mm. um maybe some are adopted some bio some of this stuff but um so i have we had a son and daughter from that and we got she got pregnant very quickly i still remember that moment around like oh shit, i need to make more money in a more predictable way because now i have a family yeah and so what I did is it really catalyzed me to kind of to nail my own niche and and on my expertise and a specialty and so sort of i published a book and found a partner and kind of did some business steps in order to make more money which i did um i grew my, in, my income quite a bit in a few years 
Mm. So it really was creating a business from under $100,000 to five going on, um, you know, six or seven million this year. At the same time, going from zero to nine, going on 10 kids. So one of the things is just like how much more we can accomplish or do more than we think we can. There's always mm -hmm. a way to do more. And there's a, there is a, there is a trade-off, right? So for a lot of years, a lot of times, like struggling with things like self-care, Mm -hmm. um, sleep, energy, mental space. So there's these trade-offs and, you know, it's been, I've been willing, we've been willing to kind of build the family and give up things like free time and a little bit of sanity because the, just, it just felt right. We didn't we set out, we didn't set out to try to have a big family. It just has happened that way, step by step. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's one thing we can always, there's always ways to do more than you think you can. And so for me, like having kids and having a family is going to force me to be a better person, a better business person, better mm -hmm. with my time, more focused on how to make money in smart ways, better as again, an individual, like more compassionate, more patient, um, mm -hmm. better setting boundaries with people because kids are very challenging that way. Mm -hmm. But I think ultimately like we, we sell ourselves short when we, um, come up with a lot of reasons why we can't accomplish like that next thing we're trying to do, whether it could be start a business, it could be grow a business, it could be having another child. Like I said, I totally get the feeling when you've got one or two or three kids and you're just toast. I, you know, I'm, I've been there so many times and yeah. for us, we just kind of made things work one way or the other. Now, some of the kids, three of the kids we adopted, one was four years old, uh, like has special challenges and two were teenagers, 16 years old. So we wow. skipped the baby stage in some ways, which does make a difference. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a bit story. That's a whole nother story. Kind of like the variety of kids um, in terms of challenges that some had mm -hmm. um, versus like having our own kids and a lot of variety in the family. And that makes it tough. There's very, there's no, although I'm known for that book, predictable revenue, I have no predictability here in the, <laughs> but at the same time, man, I think challenges makes life interesting and makes us make us grow, right? Trying to reach that level of overwhelm where you just feel comfortable in in the overwhelm or comfortable in the yeah. sometimes I say. Well, and being a you know, a parent of one to however many, it's a way to force yourself into being challenged and forcing yourself to grow mm -hmm. whether you want to or not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. So, Eric, before we go any further, man, share with us a little bit about you. What well, we heard now that you know you you got nine kids, tenth yep. one, you know, in process, married for almost ten years. But share a little bit more, especially in regards to you know business wise. You just mentioned like you had you know you were what I call look like you know you were a zombie dad, but you weren't there yet. You were just stuck in like oh yeah, I'm comfortable. You know, I'm making seventy k, eighty k, whatever it is, right? And I'm comfortable. Yeah, have to get by. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then all of a sudden it clicked for you and you stepped out of there and you became what I call, I mean, shoot, 10 kids and then making 5 million. That's for me, a fearless father all the way every day. Um, so what's a little bit that journey uh, coming from that, especially your mindset and stuff like that? Sure. And by the way, yeah, I don't make 5 million, you know, my income is, it's close to a million, mm -hmm. uh, but the business, whole business is five going on. Mm -hmm. And I have, so like one of the things, um, you know, like just here, here's one, and there's so many things, but one of them is, I've just realized I used before I got married and had babies. Mm -hmm. So I mean, before we had babies, I could afford the luxury of waiting until I was inspired to write. Mm -hmm. 
after that, and I don't remember exactly when, some point along the way, I just couldn't, I remember writing the last, so the last book, the, the first big book I did was called Predictable Revenue. The sequel to that was called From Impossible to Inevitable. Mm. It's really like how companies can make more money to grow faster. Mm. Um, very highly, um, a lot of people in like the startup Silicon Valley sales worlds know these books. The second, so that impossible book, I remember having to write that. The only way I could do that was really with deadlines because I didn't have the time, the energy, the idea that I just was so uh, done. And I think we had five, I don't know if we had five kids or six kids. It, I don't know the number of kids, might have been seven at that point, whatever. There was still a lot of kids. And the only way I was able to get that done was first um, basically having a partner and then we got a publisher. So now there's like other people I have to show up for. And there's like some time frames, and then I blocked out Wednesdays to to write. Mm -hmm. So I didn't take meetings. I didn't do. So it was really like six hours. Mm -hmm. So I drop kids at school typically, and I am a very active father. I mean, um, I usually work. I I probably work maybe twenty hours a week. Work work. Nice. But the thing is, I had to force or figure how to get what's the most important things to be done in that time. Mm -hmm. I can't just throw more hours at my projects. So I had to be, I have to be more patient and think more about like, how do I actually really use my time? Mm -hmm. But it was really this, um, I couldn't afford to wait until I felt inspired to write or work on this book. I had to like set a schedule and basically stick to it. I probably did two days a month over the course of, I don't know if it's like a year, whatever the time frame was. I really, the whole book probably took about two years, but that includes it wasn't all writing. It was lots of other things with like cover or just trying to find the right partner or just some other ideas. Um, but it was just, I couldn't afford to wait until I had the time or the money or the energy. I just had to take, to move forward and just do it. Mm -hmm. And for me, and when I, when I haven't given it that many talks, right? So this, you mentioned this title of a talk this year I came up with and I've been playing with it is, you know, um, raising, uh, growing a $5 million business while raising 10 kids because we're still working on the 10th. And really kind of this lesson that for me really worked and kind of powered me through all these years of when being exhausted or not having money or um, how do I just, how do I keep going when I'm not even sure what to do next? Like, I'm sure we've all been in this place of business-wise or family-wise, just like, I don't even know what to do next. Mm -hmm. I, there's some problem, like there, maybe there's a child that has some sort of, trouble at school or at work, maybe I, you know, I remember I lost a partner or there's some kind of financial goal. And it's like, I don't even know. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And just committing to taking a step in some way. So I call them forcing functions. It's kind of like forcing myself to uh, it's like, uh, do things whether I feel like it or not. Mm -hmm. Because I said, like a lot of people, I suffer from things like procrastination or overwhelm, paralysis. Forcing functions, the simple idea is um, you know, if you're going to get into shape, do you join a gym or do you sign up to do a marathon and tell all your friends you're doing it? Mm. Right. So if you're going to write a book, you can sit there and kind of like write on it, write it once in a while, like, or do you announce on social media, Hey, I'm going to write a book or get a writing partner. Like there's different ways you can kind of create this uh, forcing function to force yourself to do things, things that you resist, things that you put off, whether because of lack of energy, whether mm -hmm. it's because of resistance, 
I don't remember the book, but there was a famous book around um, just how everybody suffers from resistance. Mm -hmm. We have all these great yeah. ideas. Why don't we do them, right? There's different mm -hmm. versions of resistance. We all have it. So some people, like myself, I tend to be more like a deer in headlights, like paralyzed, what do I do? <laughs> so having a, um, having a date, like one of my favorites is announcing I'll do an event, like I'll do a webinar. Mm -hmm. speaking event at a certain date and then i have to show up and do it yeah exactly so during headlights some people like my wife is more like a rabid chihuahua where she just kind of like spins in circles like just like mm -hmm. working too quickly without really stopping to kind of think <laughs> what am i going to do so everyone has these habits of how they deal with stress mm -hmm. and if you can kind of like know what yours are and work around yourself you have you're giving yourself a leg up so for yeah. me that paralysis you know, like having deadlines and forcing functions, like forced me to focus and to get it done, no matter how much time or not I've got. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that would be, if I could really, if I wrote a book today, that would be, it would be about that. Cause that mm -hmm. has really been the thing that has powered me to be a successful business person in making money and having a, a business with great partners and basically a great business and having an amazing family being uh and i say oh and being a better person as we all can be we all want to be mm -hmm. there's nothing like having a family and kids to gives you the motivation to again kids amazing forcing function to for me force myself to sort of be better at business to make more money force myself to be um just a better person for them not a perfect person because god lord knows i'm not that but a better person mm -hmm. and every I'm just like everyone, I could easily list, make a list of all the faults I've got as a father right now. Mm -hmm. I, we can all do that. And that's all right, we've all got that. So um, I, I pick one or two at a time to how to, to work on. Okay. Right now I'm working on how to stay more connected to my older kids because they're like in university and boarding school and I, just, mm -hmm. I don't talk to them very much. So that's exactly. like a, a current thing I uh, am baby stepping towards. I've not taken enough action on that yet. Mm -hmm. I like that, man. Yeah, that's that's why I think you just focus on okay, what's what's the next thing that I can improve on to elevate everything else, to make everything better, both both business and, and in life. Tim, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And you're absolutely right, man. That great strategy ideas. Um, I like when people interact. So anybody out there else, make sure you hit that heart button, make sure you share this with your friends, and make sure, yeah, man, let 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 Aaron know if you really enjoyed that and then let it know it, it makes us feel good and give you more, right? The more we get from you, the more we get. <laughs> the way this works. So one of the biggest excuses I get, well, as you mentioned, like procrastination, et cetera, right? One of the biggest excuses that I get is people saying like, oh, yeah, Ty, I don't have the time, right? For what? If, if, yeah. Working out, right? You said, for example, like you got to take care of yourself, right? And sometimes you just leave that, you make a choice to say, okay, and you know, right now that's going to be a little bit on the back burner because I can, or you make it work, right? So what's uh, what's your strategy? How do you work around time management and excuse of saying like, oh yeah, I can't do that. I don't have to. Talk. Yeah, um, yeah, I totally get that. I mean, trust me, there are lots of times with again lots of kids, lots of young kids, because they're extra challenging when you know, you've got like the one year old, two year old, three year old, right? You can't see they don't really understand. Nope. <laughs> you can't talk to them, right? Um, or there's, so sometimes really you don't have, I would say not so much the time, but the energy, I don't have the energy, like mm -hmm. emotional energy or physical energy. Um, 
usually people who say they don't have the time, it is, it tends to be an excuse or a pattern. Mm -hmm. What they tend, what tend to mean is it's not, a pro, I'm not making that a priority mm -hmm. or other things are more important. Exactly. So at least for me, so what I do with time is calendars are very important to me. Mm -hmm. If I don't put it on the calendar, like exercise, if I don't put it on the calendar, it tends not to happen. Mm -hmm. um, I can, you can make the time for things. You do have to trade off, yeah. right? If you, um, you know, it's just a trade off. But for me, if I put, schedule something on the calendar in terms of a gym, and ideally if I can, if I have a trainer I really like, or there's a class I like, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like that extra level of, like a, I would call it, again, a forcing function. Some people will call it accountability or it's kind of external energy or forces to help make me do it. Exactly. So it's like, how do I get myself to do things that I want to do or that, that are challenging? Or maybe I know I need to do them, but I don't want to. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's best for me is having a trainer at a certain time or a class. Uh, and so I think there's these four blocks that I tend to do. And trust my calendar is such a pain in the ass because it's always changing with school stops and starts. I travel, my wife travels. It's like, it's constant chaos. So I do my best, but uh, work time. So things like this. Um, so work time, basically family time. Mm -hmm. So that could be like dinners, meals, drop, school drop off and things like that. Yeah. Um, again, I'm, I'm very active, you know, every day, um, self, so romantic time with my wife, which really mm -hmm. we haven't been able to do that for like two or three months. Cause we just moved from Los Angeles to mm -hmm. Edinburgh, England. Yeah. And that was just hell. I mean, in terms of the, the project. So, okay. So there's work time, family time, romantic time, and kind of me time, which mm -hmm. I struggle with still. Yeah. And that can be putting time to do like hobbies. So one of the things I, I, you know, I probably didn't really get it until I'm here. And I really have, um, it's so easy to be drained as an entrepreneur as, and a parent when you are supporting so many things, right? And I'm, I'm just taking care of like so many things. Mm -hmm. And what I don't do a good job of, I think it's really common in my, is taking care of myself. You know, I'm just not going to get very much, the sleep thing, just not going to happen really. Mm -hmm. um, but time for hobbies, um, time for exercise, time to like what I'm working on right now is kind of just my, more micro moments, like a few minutes of meditation. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I can't say it's really helping or not yet, but it, it's just tough because sticking for, at least for me, sticking to schedules and being consistent is really challenging. Yeah. Part of that is because our, my schedule is constantly changing. So moving, for example, moving here and then my wife left for three, three weeks and then on her own kind of business mm -hmm. and then she's back and then she left for another couple of days and then we had a teenager get here and then i leave next week and then i'm here then i leave again so i haven't i don't have a great strategy for when you have constant chaos like that mm -hmm. um but i do know kind of time blocking is is vital to me and i don't have a great solution for more kind of me time except for trying to um you know if i had like one goal right now so there's two things. One goal is almost like doing some meditation when I have little moments, mm -hmm. like micro, micro steps. Yep. And the other is um, like trying, really trying to listen for what excites me. Because sometimes I've been so tired, overwhelmed, there's so many things to do. It squeezes out kind of this enthusiasm for things. 
That makes sense. And you know, it's interesting. I, I got we got this. My uh, one of my kids ordered a book, and the book it's a kids book. And the first half of the book is the story. And the second half of the book is how to write a story. Mm. And, but more for like kids, and it felt so simple. And I just I could tell it's just really drawn to that, like mm -hmm. how to write a. And so I'm like, okay, there's something there. And start playing around with if I did a story. And I'd never really done that before. So I'm kind of trying to slow down to pay attention to these little um, easily lost, easily overlooked uh, feelings of excitement or enthusiasm for things to try to find out, like, where can I find some more uh, emotional or spiritual, like, nourishment for myself? Exercise, sleep, and, like, things that I just enjoy to do, enjoy doing just for the sake of enjoyment. Mm -hmm. so I feel getting there. Yeah, yeah, no, no, well, it's a continuous journey, right? If not, what's the point? <laughs> so, so I, I'm, man, I, one, I want to say, Aaron, what I really like is, is the way you share it and the way you keep putting things in perspective. It's not like, oh, yeah, it's all, you know, great, but you keep putting it exactly the way it is, which really helps the audience realizing, like, okay, yeah, you know, it's nice to have such a big business, but there's still, there's always challenges, right? Because, yeah, yeah, always. The reason why I, Exactly. So the reason why I bring that up is because people always think like, okay, money, money resolves everything, right? So it's always, yeah, but he has much money, so it's easy for him to have ten kids. It's like, no, 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 it's not. <laughs> yeah. So yes, no, right, because our bills, like we, money does make things easier, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like a business. Mm -hmm. I think people think, oh, you've got a five million dollar business, or you've got a fifty million dollar business. And to some extent, yes, there's a lot of advantages advantages to that. But if things go wrong, it's like the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Mm -hmm. Like, would you would you rather have a fifty thousand dollar debt for a small business or a five million dollar debt for a big business kind of thing? So, yeah. uh, would you rather lay off one person if there's troubling times or seventy five people? So I don't. Know. Um, but yeah, and no matter where you are, like a big family, awesome. I mean, I really love it, and it's it's, it's a great family. It also, means there's more kids, which means there's more issues just to deal with, right? Everyone's got something. Yep. One kid has ADHD or struggles at school, whatever. That's pretty. That's a big deal. Another kid um, we adopted, and he has physical disabilities. When a baby we adopted had was her mom was on drugs. Mm -hmm. um, one kid doesn't like school. Another kid likes school. Like, there's always something. Yeah. Um. Got, so, I don't know. You we just just do it. It's basically a lot of it comes down to a Nike, you know, like just do it. We just do yeah. it. Just do it. And nothing not there's it's not all ever done. There's always stuff that doesn't happen, doesn't get done. Not every bill all gets paid. Um, you might think, wow, we actually make almost, you know, it's not like uh eight hundred thousand dollars a year. But our family costs like sixty grand, sixty thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Yeah, I guess rent. Like our food when we were in Los Angeles. Our food was like four that four or five thousand dollars a month. Wow! <laughs> when everyone lived together, yeah. So you know it all adds up. But I think for me, one other kind of uh, money lesson was we. You know, I think traditionally I was more of a saver. I didn't like didn't want to spend much money. Um, pretty careful with money. I should have spent. I should have spent more money in other ways in my life to like invest in myself. Mm. Um, to sometimes trips. And I did things, but. With a family, you know, we made and I made a choice to basically take a lot of savings we had mm -hmm. and spend all the savings and even go into debt for lots of things to invest in the family, whether it's the right schools for kids, the mm -hmm. right kind of house with a space, 
Um, we have nanny help because that's one way, the only way we can make it sane in terms of me having a job and my wife having work to do. Um, there's all these investments that we make. So yes, we've given up having kind of savings mm-hmm. um, because we were investing not, savings is great, but we're like, hmm, do we save the money? Do we invest it in this thing, which is important for the family? You know, it's been a trade-off. So mm-hmm. I think I feel okay with that because I feel like I've learned how to create money yeah. and I'm not worried about like having money at some point. And I know for a lot of people that is going to be different where if you've always had a job dependent on us and on that paycheck and by the way, jobs and paychecks are amazing. Having mm-hmm. like stable salary, as long as that company doesn't go out of business, as long as you're not laid off, right? There's that risk. So yeah. um, everyone's different, but for me, I've been more willing to, invest the money and the family go into debt if I had to, because it was always going to be worth it and not being too attached to like having to save money as much as I would love to have more savings, but it just hasn't worked out that way yet. It's always something we need to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, man, we've reached 25 minutes already. I told you our live interview shows are exactly 25 minutes. And um, Aaron, what, what are the best ways to follow you, connect with you if people have more questions about how you do things or maybe they have about topics that we haven't touched yet because even I still have questions open that I would like to ask you and you mentioned you've written two books right so you know maybe that's on the website as well where they can find that and and, and get your books or yeah uh, well probably like business wise the best place to follow me is on LinkedIn mm-hmm. right and probably pretty easy to find and follow um, but I think that maybe the business website is predictablerevenue.com Mm-hmm. Right, and if you have a business or want to make more money, I would recommend the the book mentioned from impossible to inevitable. So that's business wise. Um, per, uh, I see, uh, personally, I don't. I kind of post stuff on LinkedIn. I haven't really like come up with a new personal like blog, but I do post just funny or cute uh, Instagram stuff on Instagram. Nothing mm-hmm. that serious, and that's Aaron Ross three eighty three on Instagram. So double A R O N Aaron. ROSS 383. Awesome. So now people know also how to get connected. Again, people, if you watch this, if you got some gold nugget out of this, make sure to put that heart button as many times as you can. Make sure to share this with your friends if you think that they can have some benefit from this. I mean, it's all about sharing. Yeah, I'd love to get some questions from people because I want to, you know, talk more about this. And there you go. I'm starting to have a little bit of energy now these days. The youngest is three years old, so I have a little bit, a little bit more sanity. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Glad to hear it. All right, everybody, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate all of you. Have an amazing rest of the day, and we will talk to each other very, very soon. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.